welcome to livealittlehigher.com. This week we learned Parasha Shemot. Actually, it's the first parasha of the second book of Moses, of the five books of Moses, of the Humash, of the Torah. And um, this parasha, this book also known as the book of Exodus. And um, Shemot really means names. <clears throat> names and it's alluding to the names of the, of the sons of Jacob, his sons, his grandchildren, the 70 souls that came down to Egypt with him. Um, and, uh, and in actuality, there's no other names mentioned till when Moshe Rabbeinu is named by the daughter of Pharaoh, which we know her name was Batia. So we see that Pharaoh really is a generic name uh, in other instances, we say uh, King Ahasuerus, they have a name, you know? But in this instance, this pharaoh is called the king of Egypt. And so the t sages teach us that the names of the midwives, Shipra and Puach, are actually their professional pseudonyms and not their true names. As Rashi states, Shipra is Yohebed, Yohebed is the mother of Moshe Rabbeinu. And she was so called because she would improve the newborn. And uh, Puah is Miriam, the, the sister of Moshe Rabbeinu, because she would call out Puah to the newborn baby. She would do like Puah, 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 Puah. She would do these noises in order to calm the baby and to soothe him. So when the child destined to be the redeemer of Israel was born, the names of his family uh, members were not revealed. We don't hear the names. The, the verse states anonymously, a man from the house of Levi took a daughter of Levi. And Moses' name is also not mentioned explicitly. When his parents can hide him no longer, the mother, Yochebed, or Shifra, she's known, puts him in a, in a basket. It says the mother put him in a basket. If you read the, the, the Humash, you read from the Torah, you'll see that the, her name is not mentioned. He says the mother puts uh, the baby in a basket and he puts, he, she puts him in the Nile. And then the daughter draws him out of the, then the daughter, the sister is watching the baby, the baby's basket go in the Nile. And then it says the daughter of Pharaoh, which is also named, draws him out of the water. And so she called him Moses, Moshe. And at last someone has given, was given a name. So the Midrash teaches us that the Jewish people merited their redemption because they kept the Jewish names. There were three, actually three things that were, that allowed them to be redeemed because by the time they were redeemed from their slavery, 210 years later, they, they, they were in such a bad state. They were in their 49th state of Tumah, of impurity that what saved them was that they kept their Jewish names, they kept their language, the Jewish language, Lashon HaKodesh, and they kept their clothes. They maintained themselves nude, modest. And because of this, they were merited for redemption. And so they did not change their names, like Reuben and Shimon descended to Egypt, and Reuben and Shimon ascended. They did not call Reuben Rufino, and they did not call Shimon Luliani, no Joseph, Listine, nor Benjamin Alexander. They kept their names. They never changed their names. And so Parashat Shemot describes that the hard labor and misery of the Jewish people that they suffered through the hands of the Egyptians 
perhaps the Jewish people in Egypt concealed their identities. We would think because they were so badly treated, they would, they would go low key and they would conceal their identities, but they didn't do that. They kept their names. They, there was a little, there was a certain sense of Jewish pride that kept them going. And in addition to living in constant fear, exile in a hostile environment and suffering slavery under inhumane conditions, because if we go into the Torah, into the Midrashim of, the, of what happened in these days, like it's unbelievable what evil can do to people. It, it was horrendous, like the, the Pharaoh, he would bathe in the blood of babies. He needed, I think, 250 babies a day to bathe himself in because he had this problem in his skin and the babies were put into the bricks and it was horrible horrible, 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 like a, a horror movie. And so this environment and this suffering, which was so inhumane, you would think that this would have stripped them off their person personalities, but they, on the other hand, stood firm and never gave their names. And in our generation too, we find that when they try to take away names, really what they're trying to do is dehumanize the person, like in the Holocaust. The people would go into the concentration camps and they were given a number, they were tattooed a number in their arms and they were never called their name. They were called by their number. And this is something that is a tactic that is used to dehumanize people. So what's in a name? The Rabbi Itzhak Ginsberg, he, he teaches us what is in a name. So to understand the significance of non-identity more, more deeply, we have to understand what a name really means. So when parents name a child, when a baby is born and the parents give a child a name, it's not just a random name they're giving. The Torah tells us that it's really Hashkaha Pratis, it's really Ruach HaKodesh. They have a, a, a certain degree of prophecy that gives them the name of their child. It's something that resonates when they see their baby, I know many cases in which people are gonna give their name a certain name and when they see the face of the baby, they say, no, he doesn't look like an Abraham. No, he doesn't look like a Joseph. He, he, looks, like a, he looks like a Jacob and they change the name because there's something in the name that, um, that is very powerful. And so the Torah teaches that the, the, the name defines the vocation and the destiny of the child. It's very strong. And so the sages often interpret the names of biblical figures according to their acts, as mentioned above in the Midrash regarding Shifra and Pua. We took and gleaned some measure of insight into our own mission in life through our Jewish name. And you know, it's very important when you're gonna name a baby to give them a good name. It's, it's important that you go into the Torah and you look at the name and look at the person that held that name and, and, and look that he's a, it's a proper name, that it, it's, pure, it's powerful and it's godly and it's infused with good things. I remember many years ago, I went to the hospital to visit somebody and his name was Cora. And, and, I, and I'm like, why in the world would someone name their baby Cora? Cora is in the Torah and there's a whole parasha named Cora. And it's named like him because it's exactly what we shouldn't be. And so, yeah, this is not a proper name for a Jewish child. You shouldn't give them that name. You should give them other types of names like David or, 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 or Israel or Yaakov or Isaac or Abraham or, you know, there's so many other names that have such uh, good connotations 
that we have to be careful when we name our children that we're giving them good connotations. I have a daughter that she's always tired, always tired. She tells me, I'm so tired, mom, I'm always tired. I wanna go to sleep all day. I said, you know what, your name, Lea, Lea means tired, tired, that's what it means. So, you know, you have to see what a, a, a name has. But on the other hand, Lea is a woman that is so connected to God that she prayed all day. She changed her, her destiny. She changed her future throughout her connection with Hashem. So she has a lot of power. So as the Jewish people reeled under the heavy burden of exile, they lost sight of their identity. Because at the end of the day, they were so humiliated, they were so crushed, they were so, imagine 210 years of, 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 of slavery, that takes a toll. So the anguish of slavery obscured their memory of, the, of their national destiny. They forgot why, why they're Jewish. So nonetheless, they never rejected their Hebrew name. There was something there. They kept a little seed. They didn't finish everything. And so this seed, when you plant a seed in the soil, it decomposes and at the end, the earth will yield life. And so what happens is that when the Jewish people were put into slavery, this slavery, what it did is that it took them to a point where they were completely nullified. The same way that the seed decomposes inside of the ground in the earth and then it sprouts life, the Jewish people were in a certain way, they were nullified, they were betooled, they came to a point where they looked up and says, only God can take us out of here, only God. And they recognized God. So we see that, um, that it was when the spirit of the Jewish people had been almost obliterated, when they were like in the 49th degree of Tuma. Then behold a man whose name was Semach, and from the, beneath him he will sprout, and the name of Mashiach is Semach, meaning plant. The name of the Redeemer sprouts from an arid wilderness, the void of, of all names. Mashiach is a permutation of the words a living name. Um, Shem, hi. When the Jewish people awaken from their slumber in exile, Jewish names will come alive too. So right now, as we are, we are in exile, we're in Galut, we're in a, in a very dark place, the world is very dark, there's a lot of uncertainty, there's a lot of darkness around us, and, um, and yeah, we keep going, we, we still have our identity, thank God, and the Jewish people still stand proud to be who they are, they will never bend, and at the end of the day, the moment that we come and we look up and we say, okay, Hashem, we're in your hands. It's up to you. Where, where are you? It's, it's all you. We, we're here. We're here. We need you. Then we will see that uh, redemption will come. So Hasidus teaches us that the decomposition experienced in exile is the nullification of the evil. We have to nullify the evil. We have to see that we're not such big shots that everything we are, everything we do, everything we own, all our qualities, everything is given to us from Hashem. So complete selflessness allows a new refined definition of selfhood to flourish. And the names of the children of Israel when they ascended from Egypt were the same names with which they descended. However, after undergoing the refining process in the Egyptian iron furnace, they were infused with a new vitality. So the Jewish people, when they came out of Egypt from that exile, they came 
like a new people. They came different. They were, they were empowered. They knew they had a mission. They knew they had something to accomplish. They had purpose and they came out differently. So a name is so inherent to an individual selfhood that it is impossible to conceive of someone without a name. It doesn't exist that there's a nameless person that has no name. Nonetheless, at the essence of the soul, there is a point where we are nameless. We have different levels of the soul. We have the, the, the Ruach, the, I'm sorry, the Nefesh, Ruach, Neshama, Haya, Yehida. So the Nefesh, Ruach, and Neshama are inside of the body. It's the instinctive level of the soul. It's the emotional level of the soul. Then we have an intellectual level of the soul. And then you have a Haya, which is a transcendental level of the soul. But there's a point, there's a level, which is called the Yehida. And this Yehida is up there with God in his oneness. This, this level of your soul is not separate from Hashem. It's, it's up there. So this level is unidentifiable. Un, un it's an absolute part of Hashem. And in general, we are unable to experience this point of naked divinity. We, we, we don't feel it. They say, it says, the sages teach us that only once a year we can really come to that point, which is in Nehila in Yom Kippur. When we are already not eating for 25 hours and we're at the end of the service and our bodies are completely uh, devoid of any material um, uh, feeling and we're like angels at that moment, when Neila comes and we're, we're doing the last part of the prayer and they're blowing the shofar at that instant, the so, the, the, you can have a little feeling of your Yehida. And so it comes to the fore as moments of great self-sacrifice when a Jew is ready to give their life for, for being a Jew and when he's prepared to surrender not only our identity but also our very existence for a cause that is beyond our comprehension. At that moment, when we nullify our identities, our name is recreated with a new refined definition. So yes, so we see that names are important. Names uh, say a lot about a people. It gives us identity, it gives us a purpose, it gives us a mission. But nevertheless, we have to remember that we're also part of the one. And, um, and in, in, in the Egyptian exile, it began, this began, this exile, Today we have so many exiles we have experienced already. We're in the ultimate exile. We're ready for Mashiach already. But before Mashiach comes, we have to come to that point of, of nullification of the self in which we are not geared by our egos and we're able to tune into the revelation of God and feel that we're part of him because that's what Mashiach is going to be. The times of Mashiach is that you're going to be able to experience godliness. You're going to be able to experience Hashem. You're going to see God everywhere. Uh, he's not going to be concealed anymore. Right now where we are, he's concealed. So every time a Jew acts like a Jew, every time a Jew learns Torah or does a mitzvah, brings divine revelation to the world. We're lighting the, we're turning on the light. That's what we do here. We're turning on the light, but it's going to come a day when the light is going to be on and we're not going to need to light it anymore. So until then, we have to continue with our, with our names. We have to continue with our identities, with our mission, and, um, and in a way that we're nullified to God. 
not empowered because I am I. I'm empowered because Hashem made me. And that's the whole purpose. So I wish you a blessed week. And remember, live a little higher. Thank you.